0: Hey hey, and we're back with another episode of the Dog Writers Podcast. Woo! Yeah, get excited. This will be a great episode. Uh, my co-pilot Marty is looking for another treat. Apparently, sorry, you just had quite a few today. Uh, anyways, today's episode we are supporting Storymatic Game. Are you looking for unique prompts that encourage creativity? Are you hoping to cure writer's block? Are you looking to play a non-competitive storytelling game? Or need an icebreaker at a work or dinner party? Or do you want to add a fun open-ended resource to your teaching toolbox? Then Storymatic is the game for you. Six trillion stories in one little box. So get out your pens and pencils and have fun writing. In continuation of my family education history project, I sat down with both of my parents, Mark and Debbie Strom, uh, along with my grandmother, uh, my mom's mom, but we, we call her Granny, and we chatted about you know their life experiences and how it's uh, shaped them. To give some background on my parents, they were both born in 1954, and my grandparents were fairly young when they had them. Uh, they also moved around quite a bit during the childhood, which they talk about in this episode. My dad is the oldest of six siblings. Uh, So uh, my grandparents, Barbara and Steve, they had two children together and would both remarry and have more children. So my dad actually has five sisters and one brother. And my mom has three younger brothers, uh, one of whom Roy had sadly passed away in 1998. My mom's parents, Alice and Robert, had also divorced when my mom was pretty young, and her, my mom's dad passed away when, from a heart attack in the late 1970s. Uh, in this interview, we, we talk a lot about their childhood, what school was like for them, and how education played a role in their careers. And I'm particularly interested in how moving around affected their school experience, and if they noticed a cultural shift within the different schools, especially with my mom moving from the east side of the Cascades to the west side. Uh, and then we also discuss uh, their motivations for my sister and I uh, for our own educational experiences. So here is our conversation.
1: Um, I'm Stephen's mother, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can always just preface this actual podcast. <laughs>
1: and uh, I was, um, grew up in Twisp, Washington. I was actually born in Brewster, Washington, because Twisp didn't have a hospital and How
0: far was Brewster to Twisp?
1: It's about a forty-five-minute drive. Okay. And lived there until I was in second grade, and then moved over as they call call it the coast. We moved to the coast. The coast, I like that. Yeah. In uh, I think we moved to Woodenville. Woodenville. Yeah.
0: And that's where. How long were you in Twisp? Do you remember? Before you guys moved Do you remember how long granny was in Twist before Well she
1: was born and raised in Twist You
0: were born and raised in Twist Was there any reason for the move
1: uh, I don't recall I think my father had a better job And he wanted to get out of the family business Do you know mom That sounds Sounds about right
0: <laughs> And dad how about you Born in Everett,
2: Uh, our first house was in Marysville, uh, right across the street from my grandmother's house, my my mother's mother and father. When my parents divorced or separated and then divorced, we moved to Everett. And my mom remarried over in Everett. And then that marriage fell apart, so we moved to Seattle. I was in third grade. Uh, went to Viewland School, so in the, um, kind of the Crown Hill area. Area, and then she re- remarried and we moved just a f- couple miles away. I went to Crown Hill ele- ele- Elementary. Oh. Then we moved to Port Angeles for oh. my stepfather's job. I don't think I knew that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We were there for about a y- less than a year. They came back to work for my grandfather running the travel trailer business okay. in South Everett.
0: So with both of you, culturally it seems like a, it's a lot of different cultures. I mean, Twist from eastern Washington to the coast. <laughs> That's gotta be vastly different in culture than for you going kinda up and down uh the west side of yeah, the for me, we yeah.
2: Yeah, we just moved a lot. Yeah, that's what I re- really remembered. Just moving a lot, being up- uprooted.
0: Yeah, well, and I, know, I know even now, Marysville in Seattle is quite different culturally, and just how people live and and think. So was it was it the same when you were growing up, or? Oh gosh, I don't remember.
2: I mean, probably the most time was spent in the Seattle area. Is But those were still kind of neighborhoods then. Yeah, and we pretty much had the had the roam of
0: those neighborhoods.
1: I guess Uh, I want to say too that we moved quite a bit too. Yeah,
0: and culturally, it was probably a lot different from Eastern Washington to Uh, out here. Or is that? I
1: didn't. Well, I was only in second grade, so in Woodenville, it was. At the time, a very small community. Sure. It wasn't like it is now, and um, and then we moved to Bothell, and that was a little bigger yeah. than Woodenville, um, but uh, culturally, I mean. You know, it was like moving to a city from Twisp. Twisp was a very small, small, small community. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, if you're yeah. talking about culture and diversity, for, for
0: in Seattle, there wasn't much then. Okay. No. I
1: mean,
0: it still is not the greatest diverse city no. there no. is, but I'm sure back then it really wasn't. No, it was, it was was it was not much at all.
1: I remember when, um, let's see, I was in junior high and we, at the time we lived in uh, Linwood and we visited Meany Junior High in the Central District um, in Seattle. And I just remember being totally shocked because it was primarily... um, Uh, black population and uh, in our school there may have been one or two black people in the school and I don't recall any Asian um, population
0: at at the time time, how'd you feel about
1: I I just remember that going to the school and and spending the day there thinking boy they got away with a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know why I thought that. It's just the. It just seemed like it was more loosey goosey in school.
0: Mm-mm. Very well, might have been. But uh, yeah,
1: that's one memory one, I
2: have. Yeah, we didn't have any of those types of things. I even before high school, we moved back to Everett and Snohomish. Or the home school district. Yeah, and again, very little diversity there. Maybe one or
0: two kids that weren't white. Yeah, and I guess too. So, I guess too about this question about cultural is that politically too, it's a lot more. I guess you could say liberal on the west side versus the east side. And I don't know, was it like that back then, or even well, I, up and down the corridor, it's still.
2: I, I would say at the time Snohomish was very conservative. Yeah. Because it was a farm town. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but
1: are you remembering that because of now, or did you really think about that when no, you were I re- going well, to school? I,
2: I remember because I was going to be turning 18 for the 72 elect- election, and George McGovern was running against um, Nixon. I, um, I remember doorbelling and getting door slammed in my face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You were more active than I was. Quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's always
2: fun. And that was the the year that my parents were gone. Lisa and I were staying home alone, and I put a huge McGovern Shriver sign in our living room window, and my parents found out about it. Friends called them.
0: I'm pretty upset?
2: Well, it was like, take that sign down now. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I was in high school. and I said, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the whole Vietnam War period too, and I was also, you know, in the—I I was eligible for the draft. Yeah,
0: well, I, I remember you talking about that. You were pretty close, right? I was.
2: Yeah, the year my—the year I turned eighteen, my number was really low. Okay. But it was the first year they decided not to take anybody in the draft because the war was winding down.
0: How did you guys feel about the Vietnam
2: War? I mean I was I, I think at that point in time I was pretty much against it Yeah It certainly wasn't It wasn't improving matters any
0: No, yeah I mean because that lasted a <laughs> <Yeah>. long time <laughs> Yeah, from the early 60s until Yeah, 70s. and before that the French were there and yeah. the U.S. came yeah. Did you have any thoughts about it when you were in high school about the Vietnam War? Uh,
1: just memories of watching it on TV and yeah. um, it seemed so distant to me and I wasn't really involved. I guess at that age I wasn't politically involved at all. Yeah. Did
0: you guys know what was going on or, or like why we were there? I mean, I think I did. I, I,
2: and I remember so my dad was a helicopter pilot in the Washington National Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle, so dad's brother, <clears throat> actually, rather than wait to get drafted, he, he joined the army and became a helicopter pilot and flew in Vietnam. And uh, I have a very vivid memory of, you know, when he came back, he, uh, he came back and was staying at his parents' house with my grandmother and grandfather on my dad's side. I, just, I was over there and I just remember hearing arguments about between he, he and his father. Because uh, uh, I think at that point Dave had become very anti-Vietnam War. Because he was involved in flying troops into neighboring countries when the administration was saying we weren't doing that. Yeah. And uh, uh, he came home very disillusioned. I also remember the huge stereo he bought in Japan and
0: brought it home and played a lot of James Taylor and Jim Morrison. (laughs) There you go. Well, I guess uh, just talking about school and stuff, because you both moved a lot, you know, did you see any differences in your school and and differences in teachers or teaching styles or, you know, because then you both had different experiences in different schools that you went to. If you'd seen any differences or felt like, you love one school more than the other?
1: Mm. I think it... When I went to Twist Elementary, everybody knew the teachers on a social level. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Then moving, it, it it was, I wasn't so much the teachers, I was more worried about meeting friends and mm. and getting to know people that way, <clears> That's what I recall, that it was hard to to meet new people. And yeah. That was my main concern at the time, is to have friends. Friends, and
0: that's <laughs> pretty much everyone's <laughs> concerns, you know, at that age. Um, well, for you...
2: I don't remember really any of my, say, elementary school teachers. In, in junior high, I can remember maybe one or two, including the football coach. Hmm. Um, high school, I had a few that were more inf- more influential in the sense that they were important to me. Oh. Uh, one was a math teacher. One was the... One was a coach, but he was the Russian teacher. And the Russian I learned, I had a Norwegian accent. I found out later,
0: because
2: uh, he was Scandinavian. So he spoke Russian with a Norwegian accent. Yeah, and I went to the university in UW and took Russian. It was pointed out to me by a by a, a native Russian speaker. Really. Um, other coaches, I remember, and then I remember one English teacher um, Yeah, that was younger and you know, taught things like the importance of the, the Who's rock opera,
0: Tommy, Oh, <laughs> so I remember that. <laughs> Did you guys have any favorite subjects in school?
1: Well, in elementary school it was spelling.
0: Spelling. <laughs> Is that why you're such a huge okay. words with
1: friends? <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) Um, Math was my least subject. Although I do remember having a uh, high school geometry teacher that I enjoyed his class a lot and learned a lot. Because that was my sophomore year. My ninth grade, I was taking algebra and didn't learn anything. And I was just so overwhelmed. Yeah. And I thought, oh no, another year of math, but he made it fun, and I did fairly well in that class. Do you remember how he made it
0: fun? Cause, I mean, to me, and math is.
1: It's just his personality, the yeah. way he taught. I, I. That's all I can remember. No, I mean, but,
0: that's sometimes it's the best kind of teachers is their personality comes through, and you want to learn. So, Granny, you I ready? favorite teachers (laughs) Mm -mm. or favorite subjects
1: favorite
0: teachers or subjects I
1: remember favorite teachers yeah
0: Mrs. Dibble
1: Mrs. Dibble 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 I B B L E. what
0: does she teach Uh, math math Mm -hmm. so both of you are some favorite teachers in math and we
1: had worse teachers in math, too. Yeah, well, same.
2: <laughs> yeah, for me, um, you yeah, a high school teacher in math. His name is Carol Walker. He was very, very stern. But, uh, but really fair. For some reason, he stuck with me for a long time. Um... That English teacher I mentioned, I'm just I can picture him, but I can I think his first name is Jim. I can't remember his last name. He made that fun.
0: No. Yeah. Because it was creative. And then these teachers that you love, yeah. do you think they supported you in a certain way or there
2: or others didn't? Well they were supportive for me. They were supportive in a way that just made you actually enjoy the class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Whoops. That's okay. Like,
1: that's our neighbors. <laughs>
2: and, and they,
1: Should we go inside? And that oh, stuck okay. with me. And
2: that stuck with me.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I did all what your dad says. Um, I do recall. I in high school, I had this French teacher, and she wasn't nurturing. Um, in fact, when I had to recite something in front of the class and I messed up and she says, she really um, berated me and said there's places uh, a place for you to go it's up north and she was talking about Cedra Woolley at the time it was a mental hospital (laughs) and that was my sophomore year and but It worked the opposite for me. I didn't quit French. I just said, I'm going to prove it wrong. Yeah. And I'm going to get this. And motivated And motivated me. I'm not saying it was the right way to motivate,
0: (laughs) but... You think she was intentionally trying to motivate you, or...? (laughs) I don't
1: think so. She was just mean. Just mean. Just mean. (laughs) And, uh... But then, you know, I did prove her wrong. And she, you know... She was better towards me and didn't ridicule me and it's good at least, but
0: shouldn't have taken it to get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that might have been a common way for a lot of teachers during that time to I teach. Know. I had a junior high football coach. He was a teacher too, right? yeah. But in football. I was 7th grade or 8th grade one of the two we were scrimmaging against the class above us either 8th or and uh, I was a very undersized lineman probably the center I think I was the center that year and I was getting I was basically getting my butt kicked by this guy that was probably outweighed me by 50 pounds yeah. in the scrimmage and I just remember coming back to a huddle and the coach looking at me and says you're just chicken shit strong you're just chicken shit and I, I mean, I, I remember that. Yeah. And I was so mad that I, the next play, I knocked the guy on his butt. But then after that, it reverted. <laughs> reverted. <laughs> it, reverted it didn't really like. Oh, guy got the guy was surprised. It maybe helps for like <laughs> so a. So it second. really didn't help. <laughs> then how you motivate somebody for the long term. Yeah. But that was the that was the Muckleshoot School District. That was a. At olympic view okay and we moved to Stavolmish and football was like that was everything yeah there i realized change. after one year that wasn't for me could not do it yeah. so it became a tennis player i'm a tennis star and then we, were, <laughs> we were about as as popular as the soccer team <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah back then not very popular <laughs> do you guys have any like ambitions in the school of like I mean, you talk about football um, and tennis or like any academic ambitions, like anything you wanted to be when you grew up or sports?
1: I wanted to be a teacher. A teacher? Yeah, I tutored in high school and um, and thought I wanted to do that. Um, After I graduated, um, if I wanted to go to college, I had to earn my way for my schooling and uh, I got a job instead and like living independently so I never went back full-time I did take some community classes but um and yeah just work full-time yeah I mean Mm-hmm. Learning, learning things on the job and uh, I learned quite a bit
0: you did, you had a really good career how
2: so. well, are you done? Um, I, I know I liked science in high school and, uh, um, and math at the time but then when I took some calculus classes I realized that okay, I had enough math I just took as much as I needed to but it was biological sciences that that were more interesting to me, and I think it was a it was a lower level microbiology course that I took in college. That that's what I decided I really thought would would be fun. Yeah. And then I decided that would that would be my major. I yeah. also took Russian because of the high school teacher that I had, but that lasted
0: about a year and a half. Do you think that was because of the Cold War? Or was it going on? Well,
2: it was a Cold War, and it was it was you know. The idea, if you spoke Russian, you could, you know, there was a, there was a lot of science coming out of Russia too, you know. the was Union the time, oh, yeah. too. And, um, you know, there's always you know, those types of opportunities, international studies. But once I got into it, I realized I'd, I'd have to spend much more time um, really studying the language. It was hard for me to think in Russian, which is what you know yeah. to do when you're taking a language so i was always just it never it was not it wasn't natural yeah uh, so I, I dropped that and just focused
0: on the science On no science and you know, and yeah, that, that. that led to your college experience yeah i mean and talk about both of your experiences post high school you guys are both very successful in your careers what do you think the driving force was behind that what was This guy, <laughs> you guys met each other. <laughs>
1: no, 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 I was no. just playing. Oh. You say something. Yeah. I.
2: Um, well, yeah. So after I, you know, as I was getting close to getting my bachelor's degree, I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. Yeah. And I, you know, settled settled on getting a PhD. And I was accepted at a number of schools, um, but I decided to go down to. Um, Oregon, to Health Sciences University there, and stay in Microbiology at the time. Ironically, I also was accepted to the School of Fisheries at the University of Washington (laughs) (laughs) in Illinois and a few other schools, but I decided to go there, and um, it was good and bad. for some reason that's when I really developed my stutter and so that was a bit of a hindrance especially when giving presentations I remember taking classes down at for speech therapy actually down at Portland State University yeah for that Um, but I also had ended up in a lab that um, where the the professor who was also the chair of the department wasn't the Let's just say he wasn't the most um, um, uh, ethical person.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, especially when I found some research evidence that basically put in jeopardy in the last 10 years of this guy's research. Jeez. And um, it was very frustrating and I was very, it was very confusing yeah. what to do about it. Um, so I, I left, took a leave of absence Technically, I think i have still on a leave of absence from that school. <laughs> <laughs> Never looked back. Came back to the University of Washington. I, I um, got a job as a technician in the lab that I'd done some work as an undergraduate. Um, I also was working a construction job. I can't remember that which one I did first. And I did some... Um, volunteer work at uh, the King County Juvenile Detention Center. <laughs> okay. That's, led to meeting Steve Thompson. All yeah. That. yeah. But uh, it was really getting back in the lab and doing that work which I think solidified what I wanted to do. Although it still took a while. Yeah. Yeah. As it tends to. Yeah. Um, That's where i you met your mom. Um, got a master's degree while I was working, ended up working partly, you know, part-time where I am now. Um, and then went back to the U. That ended up I was convinced to finish my degree, my, my PhD. Yeah. And then I was hired back where I am. Yeah. So it worked out. <laughs> I think um, it did but you know it wasn't the it wasn't the very traditional academic research track yeah Uh, I would say I was I think I was pretty lucky kind of falling into the right jobs at the right time right time for me yeah and uh still frustrates me that I never spoke up about the ethical concerns that I had about that lab in Oregon. Yeah. Um, ironically, that guy went on to become the first or second um, head of ethics for the National Institute of Health. Wow. <laughs> um, I remember, actually, he was visiting one of my most influential mentors at the University of Washington, he was visiting him. And I happened to walk down the hall and I saw him. Yeah. And rather than, again, rather than confronting, I turned around and went the other way I always regretted that.
0: Mm Yeah.
2: Again, I was in my 20s. In your
0: 20s, it's hard to know sometimes. And it's superiors that act like that. It's hard. I mean, you, you talked about You know, enjoying living on your own and and working and took some classes. Is there any motivation? Was it just because you liked working? And
1: Um, I always wanted to do well at what I did. Yeah. I guess that's what motivated me. Just like back in my high school with the French class. Yeah. I (laughs) wanted to prove it to everybody. I could do well. So I think that was my drive, yeah. just to to do well at what I do. Yeah.
0: Um, like I said, both of you had successful careers. No. How no. many were at the University of Washington for how long? Thirty-three years. Thirty-three years. Yeah. thirty-three years. Yeah, I
2: think that that motivation to to want to do well, whatever it was, yeah,
0: for some reason was always there. for Me too going back to your schooling and now talking about racism and you know identity and cultural identity did you ever see any racism do you remember seeing racism and especially when you guys were in school you're we're coming out of the civil rights movement a little bit and kind of entering this whole new period of time but i mean still to this day there's lots of racism that goes on um have you ever seen that?
1: Or I I saw a lot of it with a cl- close neighbor friend of mine. Her parents were. Um, I don't like this television show with Archie Bunker. Um, what was it? The, the name of that show. Um, oh. Anyway. <laughs> Um, referring to, um, didn't want her, their daughter to associate with any black people. Um, and, and then, uh, she ended up uh, dating a black person and, and that was very difficult for her parent. for my friend because her parents were were
0: very against it
1: very against it and didn't want her to bring him around or
0: anything
1: um in school I guess I wasn't because it I it was mostly white people in school and um I didn't see it, or maybe I was just blind
0: to it. Yeah, I and mean, that's... The same question kind of came up in my own class, and, and just me thinking about high school, and Shoreline's predominantly white, and I don't recall seeing any of it, but again, I might have just been ignorant to it, just because, you know, I'm, I'm white. Um, and so... When you talk about your friend's parents, how did that make you feel when you heard that she couldn't be friends with any black people or people of color?
1: I was upset. Yeah. I was upset. I just yeah. didn't
0: really know why.
1: Um and um I wish I could remember the name of the show, but I just felt like, oh, gee, man. they're all in the family. I I felt like, boy, that's them to a T.
0: Yeah.
1: And was upset about it. Yeah. How are you done?
2: Yeah, you know, I didn't really have a lot of experiences younger. My mom, since we were raised by my mom mostly, um, I think she had a. I think she was exposed to more of that, especially when she worked in Seattle. Mm -hmm. She was working in bars and downtown. She probably had more exposure to that. And I was just, to me, it, it made no difference. Yeah. And so I always had this, I just never had, I never thought about it. And I never really thought about it until I was probably well along my career. I remember going to a, a meeting in DC and I was staying in an area that I thought was gonna be sort of close to I want to be able to walk around the Capitol mm-hmm. and I need to get out to my where I was having the meetings and um, so where I was staying was actually not the greatest place in Washington DC to stay at the time, the South Capitol area and I kind of realized when I had to walk from the subway the metro station to the hotel and it was a little shady And then going into local stores and stuff and seeing me at bars. Yeah. (laughs) Glass and things like that.
0: Where am I staying?
2: staying? (laughs) And then getting on the metro the next morning to go to my meeting, and I was the only white guy. Yeah. And okay, this was uncomfortable, and now I get it. Sort of. Uh, For no reason other than that, I was the only person that was not color. Yeah. White. (laughs) So that's when I, I guess I started thinking about those kind of differences. But mostly, you know, in my job now, thinking you know, thinking about those, those cultural differences really over the last year and a half has really come to the forefront. And it's something I've struggled with. Yeah. You know, we have a very active um, work community that, that, is, that is all for you know social justice and racial equity. Yeah. Diversity. Equity and inclusion, those you know, those types of things, and my agency is 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 you know, all in on that. too, mm-hmm. right? um, But um, personally, I just I, it's it's something that I'm just like I've never I've never felt this way in terms of I like I had to do something. Mm-hmm. And it's been really hard for me the last year and a half to figure out, okay, what can I do? Yeah. You know, I could. Know, if, if what I do is i just paying lip service to it. Like, you know, we're going to increase the diversity of our hiring panels, or we're going to try to reach deeper into our hiring pools to find people of color, or, you know, the, that that type of thing. And it's it's been really hard because in sciences, unfortunately, the... the uh, we're not, we're not seeing a lot of, 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 people of color applying for our jobs. Right. So there's an incident, I didn't even tell you about this, but we, we were, we had our leadership team meeting a couple of weeks ago, or a, a retreat where we were talking about, it. I was just giving a budget overview and I said some of the, the cha- some of the gaps and challenges, you know, were things like we don't have a lot of entry level positions. And that is preventing us from reaching people of color. Yeah. Right? No. And so one people on our staff emailed me and said, "It's really hard for me to say this, but that kind of struck me as as maybe there's that, that you're saying that there's not people qualified at the higher levels." You know, and I was, no, no, that's not what I thought at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I but I I, I could understand where she, where she was coming from. I was right. just thinking it was. Um, we need to reach people earlier, and then we need to provide them opportunities. Yeah, so that they, so that they are applying for our, our, our higher our, our level jobs. And um, so that's the kind of thing that I. Yeah. You know, struggle with, and I, it is that age divide, and is the kind of cultural divide that. Yeah. Growing up in this area, I just never, had never to deal really with deal with. Yeah. Do yeah.
0: so you guys have any teachers that? Um, or had anti-racist approaches, or noticed that, or no, no, In the schools too, or
1: right?
2: no, yeah. I mean you mean that, that talked about it. Yeah, it talked about. Yeah. or it just had you know.
0: Yeah, no, right. no. No. no, unfortunately, no. Uh, well, then the other question too about it is, um, so racism, discrimination, color blindness. So colorblindness is just not saying that you, you don't see color, right? And I, I remember that I even had that thought, I think, growing up. I don't know how that thought got, got in my head, but we should be seeing people of color. Did you see any of that kind of stuff in the, in the school of our growing up? that You know, in, in our culture of saying, I don't see color because I believe that we're all equal.
1: I've heard, I've heard, heard that, that yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, did you hear about it in school, or just just in general? I in
1: general I don't recall, but yeah. I do mm. remember that.
2: I mean, I think I mean, not and not feeling through.
1: that we should see people in color.
0: Yeah. Thought,
1: oh, okay. That's that's a good thing.
0: Right. That's I mean, what that I thought. that same thought came in my head too, and but just kind of learning and growing wow. through it, knowing that we should be seeing people of color and. Celebrating our diversity.
2: Yeah, for yeah, for me, I just, just never had those opportunities, right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, obviously, that's what my mom wanted us to feel. Right? Yeah. But I, I just, we were just never exposed. Yeah. You know, to that very much. Yeah. Very, just you know, I can probably count on one hand, of, you know, time I was before I was in college. Yeah. Um, where I had personal feeling for, you know, friendships for people mm-hmm. that were of a different color know um, it was just the that's just the demographics of where we lived at yeah. the time even even in even and even in my area in college um, there by the time I got into my my major degree, there was very little diversity, yeah. Just I mean male-female but 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 not not racial. So in my various deputies groups, those of us that are pay pool managers where we make the decisions on scores and pay increases. Yeah. There's been some in-depth analysis of that data and showing that that people of non-white, socioeconomic, cultural groups are actually getting slightly lower scores on average than whites and then that's wow. resulting in pay increases over time which is you know not equitable Yeah. and I'm going really because I, mean, I and then just Friday I get this email from the guy that's doing all this analysis saying hey the Northwest Center is one of those is one of the few centers that there is no difference we want to talk to you how you did that <laughs> I'm thinking, how did I do that? I, I have no idea. I don't you know? yeah. pay attention to it.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so it's a good thing to hear. Right. You know, there's no bias. But you just, know, I can I can chalk that up to our supervisors and, and division directors. But it's nothing like we ever set out to do that.
0: Yeah. Nothing. We to just didn't, We just didn't think about it. Yeah last question about your school experience before we move on to me yeah i I know (laughs) um did you find any just roadblocks in your education socioeconomic anything like that was school relatively easy any obstacles
1: well i had the obstacle of not being able to go to college. college And, you know. well i I had to earn the money to go to college, sure. which is fine, yeah. which is but um I guess that was I guess if I had the money to go to college when I graduated from high school, I would have gone um, but I chose another path so. Was fine. Turned out okay. That's why I guess I felt really driven that we wanted to pay for our kids' education because <laughs> I didn't get my paid for. <laughs> but, um, but then that can... Sometimes I think, well, if I really wanted to go to school, I, I should have... You know had the drive to do it, yep. and sometimes I think that's better instead of people going to school college after high school, not knowing what they're going to do, where they're going in life um, that maybe maybe we should have said, well, if you want to go to school, you gotta pay for it
0: that. I'm gonna jump around a little bit because I, that was one of my questions later on. Is I think when I was in high school, there's culturally there's a big shift of needing to go to college right after high school, and not just within our family, but I think just in general. And now it's almost not quite the opposite. But if if you're unsure of what you want to do, don't go to college. Find a good job and. Um, Working as a para, we've been talking with a lot of students who are unsure and going to trade school um, and finding work through that, which could earn a whole more money than I'm making right now. Um, was there a particular reason and why you wanted both Elizabeth and I to, to go to college right away after high school, or was was that not the case? or?
1: I guess I wanted you to have the experience that I didn't have. Oh, that's fair. So. Do you
0: remember that? Um,
2: I just... So I was fortunate in the sense that I did pay for about 80% of my
1: college education. Yeah. Um, you had more drive than me, I guess, huh? No, no. I
2: guess, <laughs> I, it's, I guess I was always... That's what I was going to do. I, you know, yeah. I, I actually was able to... <laughs> the reason I was able to afford it was that my dad worked at Scott Paper Company. Right. You know, and I, they had a program for um, kids that were you know, that were going to college. Yeah. So I could work there during the summers, and I almost made enough to complete. You know, actually pay for the entire. Not, not quite. Yeah. But you can make a lot of money and the bills in those times. And tuition was one hundred and eighty-eight dollars a quarter. <laughs> a little bit different <laughs> a little now. A little different now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so for, for, you know, for you, for, for you two, I just thought, yeah, we wanted to make sure that you had the opportunity yeah, uh, and not, and not worry about that part of it. Yeah. Not that we didn't want, but we didn't want it to be a free ride either. We wanted to make sure that you guys were actually putting your, putting. your, your, your minds to it and got part-time jobs and yeah. if, if it was necessary.
1: I don't think Stephen had a part-time job. I was job just thinking Summer, of cool. I me- I me- Summers. I, remember I worked in the summers.
2: Oh, you did Elizabeth work in working. the summers.
0: It's like um, Elizabeth working in a, a I, I colleague's was, lab. I was rowing all year, and yeah, I probably work. still could have worked. had friends that rowed and went to school and, and worked. Yeah, I probably could have retired a few years ago, Stephen. You probably could have. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, I, I do remember around that time, too, of, you know, you go to college so you can have a higher-paying job, and now it's almost not even quite that because the amount of money that you have to put into school yeah. and the amount of, you know, yeah. I, I'm very fortunate that my undergrad was paid for uh, because I might still be paying those loans right now. But now it does seem to be a shift of figuring out what you want to do before you go to college. Yeah. Like if you want to study so you can have you know, a career in this, then go to college. But certainly, back then, it wasn't like that. I don't feel. All right, I know that I'm taking up a lot of your time, but I'm gonna talk about me for just a little bit. <laughs> um. So, talking about moving to Lake Forest Park, I know that we kind of talked about it before today. Of, is there a particular reason in Lake Forest Park? Of, of moving out from, you know, a, s- a neighborhood in Seattle. Besides, I guess besides getting a bigger house, was educational wise, a, a big motivation.
1: Andy yeah, school districts was a a big motivation. Um, uh, I know with. We when we lived in Seattle, we put you in private school. One of the big reasons is we wanted a smaller classroom size mm-hmm. um, for both of you, and um, felt that that's what you needed. Um, and at the time, we well with Elizabeth, she would have been bust. To as a kindergarten down town, Seattle, she wouldn't have been in our local school. Oh, really? And um,
0: she was kind of far from Wedgwood to downtown. Yeah, it Actually
1: was. was
0: part of herself,
1: it was farther south than that. Yeah, uh, so. So, so we put her in a private kindergarten and then, um, well, oh, no, no, yeah, we yeah. put her in a. No, if she had started out in kindergarten, she could have gone to our local neighborhood school, but because she was on the, her birthday was in August, and she was on the younger side of the class, we wanted a small classroom size, so we put her in um, private kindergarten, and then for first grade, we applied for public school, but she would have been bused quite a ways, and we didn't like that. Um, Seems kind of
0: weird. And then
1: we just, with you, we just had you follow sure. her footsteps, and there wasn't any. We liked we liked the private school that she was in, and we thought, okay, you know, give Stephen the same opportunity, and and that's how you started out in the in the um, private school because your sister. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, and then uh, when we were looking for homes. We knew we couldn't afford a private school and a bigger home in Seattle. So we opted to move out, get a a bigger home, and put you in public school. And we heard Shoreline was a... We liked what we heard about Shoreline School District. And um, uh, I remember when we moved out to Lake Forest Park, we still kept you in private school Mm -hmm. until fifth grade and then um we thought you know we had you in local sports and everything like that so you could get to know kids because we knew eventually you'd go to public school and it was nice because elementary went through sixth grade Mm -hmm. so um you had a year to to go to um public school before you went into middle school yeah and I think it was a nice adjustment for you instead of going right from public school into middle school bigger school
0: yeah I mean it, it was and it wasn't and it Just you know, I think it was because it eased into middle school but at the same time the friends that I made in 6th grade yeah. all kind of dispersed after a year because we're in this bigger school and not everyone's told they branched out making friends with other people so it's almost like I made new friends sixth grade and then I think like you like that was my biggest fear of making new friends and so having to repeat that in middle school is a big challenge for me Um, but yeah I mean I think looking back at my looking back at my Perkins experience and the smaller class size I think I did benefit from that was there a reason why you felt that I would before I even knew that I would?
1: Well, I think you'd, you'd, you got more one-on-one teaching. Um, yeah. And, um, and it was helpful for us because we knew the parents of the, the students that you were yeah. going to school with. And that gave me a peace of mind. But more, one you got more one-on-one yeah, help <clears throat> at school.
2: Yeah, it was a real safe environment for you. I think maturity-wise, it helped you. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. You're a pretty emotional kid. <laughs> <It's> still <laughs> emotional. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we didn't worry so much about you there. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and I think yeah, mm-hmm. for selfish reasons, we because we felt safe too with you, because we knew the parents, we kept you in private school through fifth grade yeah. where we could have had you start earlier. Yeah, and, and retrospect, that may forward. have been maybe better. I yeah. don't.
0: I mean, I yeah, we often wondered that. I do too, but I mean, it, I turned out okay, so <laughs> I don't think it messed me up too much. Uh, No, but I mean, because I know Elizabeth kind of stopped going to Perkins and started going here right away. Yeah. Had a few years here before transitioning to the secondary school system. And so, but we're also very two different people in the sense that I think she's a bit more outgoing than I am. And did you recognize any of those traits when we were kids or?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 She, she seemed to, you know, jump in right away where a good example of when we took you to camp one year, (laughs) I mean, with Elizabeth, we could just drop her off and she'd go off with you. Please leave. (laughs) Hanging on to our (laughs) clothing, don't leave me. Um, and it got
0: better once I started getting used to going to camp, but yeah,
1: those first couple yeah. times, I. So, we thought, okay, let's not, let's not have Stephen meet new friends right away. <laughs> and I remember too how hard it was, yeah. and I think that was part of it too because yeah. I was, uh, it was very hard for me. I hated to get to know new people. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I'm still in that way. It, it takes me a while to allow people in, and I don't know what that reason is or why, and that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but, um, I don't know where I was going with this. But, no, I think... Oh, yeah, I made some really close friends at Perkins, and I think that was part of it, that I had built those relationships, and, you know, I think that would have been hard for me to leave, even though I was super young. And
1: we didn't want to break the relationships with the parents either. Right, yeah. Well,
0: and thinking of your work commute, too, it wasn't really that far out of the way, either. No,
1: no. No. That was was very, that's true, very easy. It was on the way, so it
0: was super out of the way.
1: Yeah.
0: But I am curious, though, with Elizabeth, the the busing system back then. I don't, you might not have remembered, but it seems kind of weird that she would have to be bused South Seattle. It was was a way to integrate the schools. Uh, It was horse busing.
1: But I don't know why, but I don't recall why... That there was a big difference, you know. She started kindergarten, she could stay at the same school. You had a but pri-
2: yeah, you had a priority if they started as kindergartners, but you lost that
0: priority when they became first, first
1: graders and you
2: didn't
0: take advantage of those kindergartners. Yeah. Do you think it was motivation by integrating diversity in It schools? was exactly
2: what it was. Okay, yeah. I know South Seattle is
0: you know, a bit more diverse than North yeah. Seattle. Actually, a lot more diverse than yeah, North Seattle.
2: It was, it was, it was, I remember the school, it was T.J. Minor. Yeah, T.J. Right? Minor. And it was also one of the lower-ranked schools in, in the entire Seattle School District. Okay. Yeah, and it's just, um, I mean, for all the all the um, the good things that that was designed to fix, you know, increase diversity in and yeah. integrated schools. You know, as parents at that time, it was like, well, wait a minute, she's going to be on a bus for how long every day? You know, yeah. two hours? Well, that's not what we want. Yeah, no, that's still quite a ways. I mean, so, even now, I wouldn't you know, they would have these bus routes, you know, take, you know it, was just, it was just, you know, somewhat feel guilty about that still, but, but at the same time, you know, we wanted what was best for her.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that makes complete sense. I mean, I agree. I think having the integration and diversity is great, but I mean, there's it's a long ways.
2: And that program only lasted a few more years after that. I realized it wasn't having the, the effect it was designed to have.
0: And did you notice a huge difference between the Seattle school district? I know, I don't know if Perkins was really in the school district, it's not it was private. private. But did you notice a huge difference in Seattle versus Shoreline back then?
1: No, because both of you never went to Seattle yeah, school, so we never schools. So so. The yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah in I room, mean, room, obviously, I, I think,
2: think the. The resources of the schools in Shoreline, North Shore, and Old School districts was better than it was in Seattle. Yeah. Overall. Like, educational-wise. So, school duties were failing in Seattle, they were passing out here. Yeah. And, so they had more resources.
0: And that's, I mean, unfortunately that's still the norm of inner city school districts struggle versus suburban, and that does come down to racial divide. and. It's unfortunate, but it's what it is. Yeah. Yes. Um, the last question I have is: Did you ever feel that our neighborhood, our school district, lacked any diversity, or had enough diversity, or
1: in the neighborhood that we live in now? Now, school district. There was, there was no diversity. No diversity yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Not uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so. I was trying to think back to the time when we had all the kids in Amber together, like with Halloween or something, and I think that you know, was really very
0: Yeah, very not diverse. Yeah. <laughs> so it's worth it that. In. Yeah. And I know I I mean I could probably talk about more about my school experience about diversity, but I have not seen have you seen a shift in the last thirty years since you been out here? same pretty much this neighborhood,
1: yeah. I think there's, there's a, few, a little bit, yeah. yeah a bit more, a little bit, more, yeah. yeah. I that's... mean, there's um, an African American family that lives up the street, um, and then up behind us, uh, that's fairly recent. Um, Asian, um. population there's a few in our neighborhood
0: um, so it's gone a little bit yeah Still, I'm mean, pretty light, yeah, but. yeah
1: but when we looked for our house in the neighborhood we just looked for a house that we could afford and
2: yeah you know
1: you and Elizabeth didn't have to share a room anymore oh, that was good. <laughs> and and yeah, we knew that. that we we liked shoreline school district yeah. and we were and, and the distance the commute to the university wasn't that bad
0: this was a, a really great conversation that i was able to have with my parents and granny though i i know granny didn't share much during our conversation She was a little shy when we were recording and was having a a little bit of a tougher time recalling certain things, uh, which is totally fine. Uh, It was nice to hear about my parents' educational experiences and how those moments influenced and impacted their lives. I'm just appreciative of them also being honest when talking about racial equity and and how they value learning and continuing to understand its importance. Uh, It was... It was really interesting to hear them discuss about their careers and the decisions that they had for my sister and myself that are in our own school experiences. And I I do have more questions that I want to ask them, especially after this conversation and and becoming just more curious with you know our, my family's educational history and just everything. Um, and I, I know that we'll continue having those conversations, um, you know, throughout. Uh, you know, my life because, you know, we're we're close with each other. In the final episode of this mini-series, I will be reflecting more about my childhood and what it was like for me in school, and so more of that will come later. I am really excited to get into that and dive deeper, uh, especially after having these conversations. This concludes our episode, and it was just a Wonderful time uh, being able to talk with my parents and granny. Uh, both Marty and I got a free meal out of it. Well, he always gets a free meal out of things. Again, we are supporting the Storymatic game. It is such a fun and creative game that you can use in the classroom or just on your own uh, if you are looking to write on a rainy day. I highly recommend this. So does Marty. And, uh, Oof. right? Yeah. So, thank you for listening to another episode of the Dog Riders Podcast. See you next time.